a lot of things happened in the last two weeks. Um, we talked about uh, the potential effect of the candidate of the large coalition of seven parties. And um, initially there was a lot of, um, I cannot say confusion on our part, but uh, uncertainty in terms of uh, how to react. Um, obviously a lot of calls for uh, withdrawing uh, my or our uh, candidacy for presidency. And uh, a lot of hoopla regarding the candidates. And um, I really did not know how to interpret um, not our chances, because it is clear when uh, a lot of people parties get behind a certain person, that that's uh, a tremendous impetus uh, for the campaign. But what I did not know was whether this uh, third candidacy, because there are now two, the nationalist and um, a, a, a person who is representing uh, seven parties. And that is, that was going, that was uh, presented as um, nationalist versus anti-nationalists, or those who would like to take nationalists down. And a lot of people um, supported that idea. Uh, and there's this third candidacy, and, and a lot of people are afraid that that would help the nationalists by taking the votes from our population, which is uh, citizen-democrat, democracy-oriented uh, people who really want to bring change bring about the change in Bosnia and And I certainly uh, was afraid of uh, that claim and charge or accusation by these opposition uh, parties and their representative uh, levied against us that we are actually helping the nationalists, which is uh, furthest from the truth. But um, we still have to have to think about uh, that spin in the medium. But then um, we started thinking about it. I, I brought up the issue at the meeting of the presidency of the coalition as well as the presidency of the platform for progress. And we had a one joint session. And interestingly enough, after that initial confusion, a lot of people started saying, listen, we are we were the first ones to announce the candidacy. They never talked to us. The, they, the, the other um, so-called opposition parties, even though they are in a, the position of power and decision-making at some level of government. They never talked to us and said, listen, um, let's work together and come up with one candidate. We will offer our candidate, we'll see who the best one is, and we'll go ahead with that candidate in the interest of the country. No. What they said was the one single unifying candidate of the opposition must come from their coalition, and specifically the one party within that coalition, because they are the largest opposition party. And I didn't like that. We didn't like that argument. Listen, if you really want to organize something larger, bigger, and create a, a movement toward better. Um, let's engage all the forces. We already have, we already have a, according to everybody, a very good, excellent candidate, the best one, they said, most of them. 
uh, if you really have the best interests of the country and uh, in mind and uh, of all the citizens, you should have given the opportunity to everybody to participate in this process and not really force it down anybody's throat. Um, second, I didn't see any program. They just basically said, "Let's let's take them down. We'll take you go. We'll take over, and we will figure out what to do." Uh, when we talked about it at the uh, uh, joint meeting of the presidencies of the Platform for Progress and the Coalition, uh, I was really surprised at the strong sentiment toward the. Uh, preserving the candidates and proceeding with it emerged. And people basically said, listen, uh, there is no, um, for the people who want something else, you cannot just take them away, take that opportunity away from them, regardless what the numbers are, regardless. Um, and then also, if you uh, withdraw the candidacy, then Who's going to lead our list? Who's going to lift the votes for the platform for progress? Um, and therefore, everybody's just, or most of people, large majority, was in favor of let's just proceed. And if they levy those accusations upon us or against us, we will respond in kind because uh, it is certainly not true. And uh, even though most people decide to join that battle, one side against the other, and we'll understand that we might get even, we don't know how many votes we will get, more than the last time, much more than the last time, less than the last time. We will know how to explain it in, in, in terms of that battle, the other battle, and uh, the result for us will be consequential, um, or the, uh, yeah, consequential. The other candidacy is that uh, the Croats, on the Croat side, uh, a person who usually takes away a lot of my votes, uh, Mr. Komšić, he is going against Mr. Čović, who is um, perceived by the Bosniaks as somebody who is not working in the interest of the country. And so Bosniaks sometimes vote for that person rather than the Bosniak candidate, just to prevent Mr. Čović from gaining power because he's working against the country. And so a lot of votes go to him. That's another battle that is going to um, in any case, uh, since then, we basically, at that meeting, we basically said, well, we're willing to talk to that opposition bloc. If they want to talk to us and suggest something, we're willing to talk and see what it is that we want to, uh, to like to suggest. But what we would like to do really is to see the program, make sure that that thing, that block is a true change. We would like to participate in defining that change and in, in executing that change. And then we can consider really withdrawing the candidacy because then the change we would like might come sooner to people who really believe it. Uh, subsequently, in two conversations, two appearances in national, tea, in national media, I was asked that question and I basically said, listen, uh, we are the only true change. I don't see much difference. I don't see the change in the big block in the one candidate. They basically said vote for us, but not never ever they said other than to remove the other party, the other person, or prevent the other person from assuming the power. Other than that, they've never said anything substantial in terms of how 
will they bring the change to this country? Um, so in the, in the media, I basically said, I would like to see the program. I would like us to participate in creating the program. I would like us to make sure we can be part of the execution of the program. Then I would consider withdrawing my candidacy in the interest of the, of the uh, country. In the first interview on an, an N1 channel, I basically talked mostly about uh, this dif difference between that joint uh, candidate and myself, uh, just uh, provided the contrast uh, between us. And in the second interview, I talked against the other candidate, the nationalist, so that people don't think that I somehow prefer that candidate. No, they need to be defeated because they've done a lot of bad things to this country. Um, but they need to be defeated in a way that is substantial, substantive, to end that there's a program and you execute so that I don't want the 2010 to repeat itself when the Social Democrats actually won against the Nationalists, but then wasted that term with really many bad ideas and then creating a coalition with the Nationalists. And the next 10 years people punished them for it because next two uh, cycles, punish them and return the nationalists in power. And I said, I don't want that to happen. If we defeat them, let's defeat them programmatically with the goal, with promises what we will do, and we're putting the best people uh, forward, and then all of us actually competing, uh, proving what we can do. And if we uh, prove that we are worthy of people's uh, support and vote, then they will vote for us again. Um, interestingly enough, after the uh, second interview, the only thing that media, other media uh, re remembered and reported on was that I said I'm considering withdrawing my candidacy, which was really not a statement I made. But the interesting thing happened. A lot of people reacted by saying, wait a second, please don't do it, because if you do that, I will not actually vote to go. I will not vote for one of the candidates. I'm going to withdraw from the process at all. And um, much larger support for staying uh, than there was the uh, support for the decision to actually um, withdrawing candidates. And I realized that a lot of people would actually even mistake for this for a weakness of some sort, like, I'm afraid that I'm going to lose and that's why I want to come in. And the interesting thing is that if you, according to those people who really don't vote, if you stay, you are an exponent of the nations because you're going to take the vote from the other But if you don't stay, then you will chicken out and you're afraid. And then at some point you realize you really have to do what you have to do, what you believe in, and let others speculate, any way they want to speculate. Uh, at the same time, we had um, conversations with uh, uh, several other parties, who are larger, who wanted to be with a uh, coalition country, the country. And uh, one of them that we really, really like, a larger party, 
uh, we wanted to continue to, to talk about it. However, they in some way assumed that I would withdraw the candidacy so that they can uh, continue uh, not have the problem with within their own ranks because they officially had to support the other candidate, but they wanted to work with us really on all other levels of government. And so because of that, they didn't put materialize. And there was another party that was large in one area of the country. But their boss has some uh, legal challenges now, and we, we didn't want to assume that uh, burden at this point on our uh, rather clean um, uh, image uh, for the coalition, especially for the platform for Congress. So basically, uh, I haven't slept much in the past 10 days. There are several deadlines. First, on June 14th, we, uh, we have to suggest, we have to register coalitions, coalitions. So the country, if they want to create one list, we have to uh, register, register that coalition. The actual list will be provided by July 4th, the names. But right now, just the intent to go uh, as a group of parties at a certain level of uh, government together. Now. That's one pressure point because these conversations uh, often include the question of my candidates. If they are members of the group that supported that one candidate or would like to go out of the list with us for the remainder, uh, remaining levels of the government, then they have issues. So, so that's always uh, that's, uh, often a question uh, because it's we have to report who, which parties will be members of the coalition. And so that one pressure point is June 14th. The other pressure point is July 4th or so. I believe it's July 4th. When we actually submit the list of our candidates, including the candidate for the presidency, and any decision to stay or or withdraw the candidacy will have to be done by then for sure. Um, so, needless to say, many, many, many conversations with political opponents and friends, people are respect about their advice. I get unsolicited calls, emails, messages all the time, suggesting something to me. But throughout the process, I, I learned that there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of support for the candidacy. There are there is a need for a different voice. More much more than I thought. And that uh, I have an obligation to work them. I haven't made I haven't made up my mind completely, even though I'm doing it in a certain direction. But uh, I want to do the best for the the country, uh, for the party, and then I'll finish and 
uh, in that process, that's what I'm looking at, not really what I should do as a person and what kind of position I would seek or ask for. There's also a negotiation for the uh, other entity, Republika Srpska, where we have a candidate for their president or vice president from, from the Bosnian people in Republika Srpska. Even there, we had a large coalition of parties, 12 or so, getting together to create one list. And just as it always happens, the two largest parties, the nationalists and the, and the social democrats, uh, they decided to join forces in Republika Srpska, divide all the positions from the list among themselves, and really forgot the other nine or ten rather parties. And that is causing some friction. Yesterday there was a three-hour meeting where we lost each effort to provide some something for everybody so they have participate. That is unlikely to happen. The interesting thing is that in the Republic of Srpska, the SDA, the Nationalists, and the SDP, Social Democrats, are main collaborators. In federation, the other entity, Federato, they are the main opponents. As the A, the nationals have their own candidate for the member of the presidency, and as the P have their candidate as the coalition joint candidate for the presidency of the country. So, in, in one half of the country, they are opponents. In the other half of the country, they are collaborators. And it's funny picture. Um, many meetings, many um, sleepless nights, but I'm learning a lot through this. I, I read a little bit more these days than I have in the past year or so, a couple of years, and I often find um, some interesting Interestingly enough, I um, I went to uh, Norway together with the Yusuf Arfadic, the, the gentleman who was the candidate in the LS in the, the other entity for presidency or vice presidency. Uh, that's in the, in, in the context of our visits to diaspora to work out people to actually to participate in the not for us, just to vote general and whatever they think, whoever they think the best candidate. Uh, went to, prior to that, we went to Switzerland. Um, we had uh, town hall meetings. This one is in Norway, we had three town hall meetings. And um, actually, we had two town hall meetings and then one. And uh, in Oslo, uh, the capital of Norway, our hosts uh, took us to the uh, the uh, institute devoted to the Nobel Prize for Peace. And uh, we went there, and it was so interesting because uh, mostly politicians are there, right? as inductees, as, as awardees, 
or recipients of the highest awareness. And I looked through uh, their descriptions of their lives and uh, quotes, sayings. And when I went to the gift shop, one book caught my attention, and that was about uh, it was, it was Martin Luther King's sort of biography. He didn't write it, he wrote many pieces of it, but then somebody put everything together. And um, started reading about his life, it was so uh, the challenges that he was facing, um, the world facing the world war, um, the struggle for the civil rights and civil rights movements, the danger of fairly associated with that, all these various interests. I mean, it was obviously different situations and different levels of engagement and the quality of a person, but there are so many parallels as well. So I haven't read it completely, but I'm reading it with, um, with really great intent because he's one of those rare people who knew how to stir up human emotion with words. A beautiful, very eloquent person, very beautiful words, and, but always to a point, and there was always a message. Of course, he was a preacher, and that adds to it. But also, he was really inspired by Mahatma Gandhi in India and his struggle for freedom from the Brits in India using uh, peaceful means and um, unarmed resistance, uh, non-violent uh, non, uh, resistance. Uh, and um, somehow that the visit was really, really visit was really interesting, interesting and stayed with me um, the whole time since our return back to Bosnia. To uh, from 9th to 22nd, we are going to continue our uh, visit to the countries of Benelux, uh, uh, Holland, or Netherlands, and Sweden, and Germany, and Austria. Um, unfortunately, that all is happening during the period when we, as a coalition, or as a party, we have to declare the coalitions and then really work on the list of our candidates. And it's very unfortunate and dangerous time to be outside of Bosnia to be making those decisions. But our our inexperience and experience shows there as well. We didn't block those dates and because it's an election year. And because that I really had to be here together with uh, Mr. Eisenberg. But we'll see, somehow we'll survive. Um, it is really a tough decision. I'm struggling with it on a daily basis. I wake up with one uh, or one set of thoughts related to one leading to one decision only to have many conversations during the, uh, during the day talk in the other direction. But uh, 
I also realized how important that this decision is for the party, what it means when somebody withdraws. Um, and you really betray the expectations of people who basically said, yeah, we, we voted for you, we were working for this cause, we want this to, to continue. And uh, you cannot just take it away from us, regardless of the chances for um, winning or not. And so um, the good thing about all of this was this one candidacy on the other side solidified a lot of other things, probably uh, solidified the uh, the efforts of the nationalists who basically said, oh, okay, this is a big challenge, so let's get organized. And solidified the support for us, for this candidacy, for the people who basically believe this was it. Um, interesting, in complex situations or systems, often unexpected things actually happen. And you need to understand the elements of the system completely in order to make the best decision at any point in the process. Um, I also learned how when people want something to happen, they find a way to happen. These politicians are so busy especially at this time of the year. But when there is their, but, but when there is their interest at stake, uh, getting support for their position, for their list, from other parties, other important people, they find the time to clear the schedule, call you at any time of day or night, set aside an hour and a half, talk about issues, um, what I don't know is to what extent I can trust them because I've heard so many stories of betrayals and they promise one thing that they will do after the elections and then they simply forget it and they give them to someone else. Um, what is interesting is that uh, for the first time I learned how fluid um, a schedule uh, is for politicians, and especially in election years, and especially when it comes to certain deadlines, they, they have to be respected and followed. Um, I've also had a, an unfortunate privilege to I probably mentioned this already, to have a person lie to you, to your face, knowing that he's lying but not willing to just drop it and keep moving on. Now they insist on it. I've seen so much dirt here and I can only assume that it's probably everywhere when it comes to high state politics. I'm learning a lot, I'm recognizing some patterns now. 
not that we like to learn on our mistakes or on our experience, but that's really what we have. That's the most important in, in these circumstances, unless you have um, on your staff, on your team, somebody who's experienced and has lived through that in the past. <coughs> Excuse me. As I've said, I don't know how this will end. I, on the one hand, when it comes to coalitions, I have to make up my mind soon. On the other, looking at the lists that have to be submitted to the Central Election Committee, we have enough time to July 4th. I think I'm going to just make the decision sooner rather than later, and so that we can adjust accordingly and keep going. Uh, right now, I'm just being encouraged with what I'm seeing on the ground. And I think it is important, regardless of the success or the degree of success, um, when it comes to the election in 2022, I think we, we owe it to our supporters and people who think differently to offer them choice. So, um, Anyway, one thing that is hard to do is to judge the value of the statements that people make uh, when they call to suggest their, what they would do in a similar situation. I'm not, say, I'm not saying that it doesn't help understanding their point of view for or against. But I know that none of them actually can think about this issue from my perspective. They're looking from their perspective. None of them actually, based on their statements, try to put themselves in my shoes to see what effect it would have on the party, on myself, on Bosnia-Herzegovina. Everybody's just looking at this through their perspective, and it's unfortunate. Uh, I know that there are a lot of selfish people in the world, driven by self-interest, but I did know that there are so many. Uh, that's a lesson, too. That's something that we have to respect not agree with that, but respect the fact that it is so. Anyway, very, very, very interesting times. Growing up fast, learning a lot. I just hope, as the presidency has given me <clears throat> the right to make that decision, I, both from the Platform for Progress side and the coalition of the country. It is a, a very tough decision to make, very tough indeed.
And I just hope that, I just hope that that would be the true enough to make the right decision. Taking into consideration the interests of the country, the the coalition platform for Burgess and that, in the MIO. It is tough, it is hard. Everybody's pointing out that the verse from Holy Book that says, God gives challenges only to those who can step up to them and respond accordingly. I hope that I can. Um, today, more than ever, it is important to be able to truly understand what is going on in the country, anticipate the need of the country, and then derive a set of steps to be part of the solution and bring about the change that is needed rather than the other. Uh, we'll see how successful that will be. There are a lot of travels that are going to happen in the future. We have to decide where we will travel throughout the country, diaspora, when, how to reach the people, how to play the game on the ground, how to find money to run the elections for the whole for all levels of government. It's going to be very challenging. Everybody says this is going to be the, the dirtiest campaign, speaking of the nationalists and the, and the other. And the uh, opponent of the, or the candidate of the uh, large part of the opposition. I never expected this kind of learning, but okay, this is making me more mature as well. So we'll see. That's my report. I don't know how many different directions you can be pulled in right now, Mirsad. I mean, and you've expressed it so much. I just, I'm trying, I don't know if you can even put into work, I'm sure you can, but just in words about what is going on inside of you? This can't be fun at all. I mean, I talk about getting a knot in my stomach. You, I think you've probably brought new meaning to that somehow. Um, the biggest challenge for me is to assess the pros and cons for the party. Because you're trying to interpret the opinion of the mass. And the mass is being influenced by the marketing, political marketing, the messages, the media, and manipulation of the politicians, political parties involved. So it's not that it's not that everything depends on you. It depends you're trying to see what people will say. In order to know what the right thing to do is, and you would like to 
minimize the potential damage to the party, uh, minimize the effect of the bad decision, and maximize the opportunities at the same time, which are uncertain because you have to interpret the opinions of the people. Plus, you have to count on the fact that the elections are never fair in Bosnia-Herzegovina, that a lot of votes are being stolen, changed, declared invalid, whatever. The good thing is that I know, regardless of whether people believe me or not, I know that my intentions are here and that I'm not looking at or looking for the best outcome for me personally. No, I'm, I'm really trying to figure out what is the best course to get the biggest help to the country by putting this party on the best footing to bring about the necessary change because I see very few either parties or politicians that are at a level of sincerity and maturity that we have regardless of our youth as a party. So that is a good thing. I am not putting myself in the, in the picture when it comes to this decision. Also, we don't have the financing, the money to do the polls and uh, to create um, to evaluate people's opinions in various sophisticated ways to understand what they think or what they would think uh, in one scenario or another or about one outcome or the other. We don't have that. So the only thing I have is trying to talk to people and read their messages uh, answers or comments in social media, read the media, talk to people, and see what they think. So it's not objective, it's subjective in a way, and, and or a subjective interpretation of what I see, which makes it important. But that's all I have. And because of that, I sleep very well. That's all I think about. I don't want to make a mistake. Of course, there are some really astute and smart politicians here who, who, who mean well, who have or who have told me on some of the occasions in the past, or who told me on some occasions in the past were different contexts, but still tough decisions. When the tough decisions needed to be, be made, what they said was, you cannot lead by listening to what people are saying. You must make up your own mind if your intentions are pure and you have this capability to bring about the change. You cannot, cannot 
look at what people are saying, commenting on social media. You have to do what you believe is the right thing. And people will eventually come around. Especially if it turns out to be a really, really good decision. That is, on the one hand, refreshing and make easier for you to make those decisions. But on the other hand, um, it makes it um, It makes it hard for you to um, take responsibility on your shoulders for so many people and then um, make a decision that will change so many things about your future and the party and the coalition, and possibly um, for the country, um, it is hard. You think about it the whole time. Nobody can help you. You can talk to as many people as you want to. Nobody can be in your shoes. There is no immediate confirmation of whether your decision is right or wrong. It is delayed. It's going to happen on October 2nd. And so many things can happen in the meantime to change the outcome or influence the outcome. But what makes me feel at ease is that conviction and the truth that my intentions at least are very pure and that I don't have any second thoughts about who I'm doing this for, why I'm doing it. I don't have a moral issue in any sense rightness or wrongness of that decision. So um, that makes it pretty easier. But don't unburden you with this anymore. <laughs> At least I, um, when I started on this path four years ago, I never expected these kinds of challenges and situations. But for a normal experience for politician, probably it's normal, it's, it's expected, it's the norm rather than an exception. Well, we also have to remember there's a scientist here that's making his decisions based on other factors than a regular politician, too, because I can see your mind going yeah, all the time. That, that is true. You're going through an algorithm plus I'm a data scientist. You want to be objective, you want to have the data. But you know how I feel really these days. I often, when I'm in the States, and I don't know why, but I often watch The Family Feud, this show. <laughs> but, uh, uh, and uh, there's two families, 
competing with each other, uh, trying to guess what a hundred people randomly selected in the United States would say something on a certain subject. And the thing is that uh, what what's fascinating to me is that with that show, even though it's a simple show, and a lot of people say, "What? That that's what you're watching?" It is not. They're not asking you to provide the right answer, but they're asking you to provide the guess of what other people would have said about the same thing, or thought, or guessed, or whatever. <laughs> and the point is just to be right about what they were doing, not what is correct thing. So I always go back to the question that really showed me the best when the question was, who are the biggest car manufacturers in the world? And of course, in Germany, there's Italy, so it's in China, of course. I mean, people who make the cars, Germans, French, Americans, right? And uh, Italians, <clears throat> Swedes. And among the, I think there were like four or five answers. The United States was there, of course, and then Germany was there, and uh, France, Italy, uh, France, and there, there was a one missing, fourth or fifth. And I mean, there are not too many cars, in, too many countries in the world making most of the cars. So Japan is one of them. Japan was there. And there was one answer nobody could miss. Nobody could actually guess. <clears throat> and then one person, one of the contestants from one of the families, said Canada. And I laughed so hard. I laughed so hard. Canada, I mean, what brand of cars is Canada making? They, they might make Ford cars, cars for American car manufacturer, Ford or GM or something. But they don't have their own car brand. They don't do that. They don't sell Canadian cars. I laughed so hard. And I said, oh, look at this. The answer was revealed, and the answer was Canada. And so I um, learned then, it doesn't matter whether it's right or not, but what 100 people thought was the right answer. That's what I'm trying to do here. <laughs> Try to figure out what people will say, people who don't have most of the time the right information. So they guess. So I have to guess how other people will That'll be a story in itself, Mursad. They say he's checking out family feud for guidance as to how to proceed here. <laughs> exactly. Don't don't open yourself up for the ammunition. And I've got one more real quick one, if you've got time. You had mentioned you've been doing a lot more reading, and you had mentioned you read, were reading the book by uh, Martin Luther King, Jr. Um, in this time of decision-making, are you looking for books to help pull you away from the decisions make, or are you looking for books that might serve as guidance, seeing how others in the past historically have made decisions? Right. I'm trying to figure out how to think about the, the issue, how to think about the tough, challenging issue, and what other people who have faced uh, much grimmer situations have actually 
thought, what process they went through in order to make the decision. And that was one interesting one. And actually, that was uh, Rosetta, uh, my wife, who sent me the other day, based on the an, an excerpt from the book she was reading, a local Bosnian um, author, um, a religious author, <laughs> who basically said this, uh, not religious in the sense of, that, well, he's uh, probably Sufi, somebody who is a, a mystic in terms of uh, approach to religion. And he, in that passage, is, uh, he said, when faced with a challenging decision and challenge, don't change your intent, your belief, the course of action. Because even though you will get in trouble when proceeding in the course, you will get into even greater challenge and trouble if you change it. And it it was very mind uh, I hope the way to look at things. Uh, because if your gut feeling, if you believe, if your core belief brought you to a certain thing, to certain action, giving up on that action because of something that somebody can say, somebody who doesn't mean well, or somebody who's accurate. And because of that, you change your set of beliefs. You may get into an area where you're really not on your own anyway, because if that's, that's not a set of your beliefs, plus you are just wavering like a leaf in the wind instead of believing in something proceeding.